Open the podcast bay door as hell. to episode two of Welcome to Geek Town. My name's Kurt Onstead, and you can consider me your Geekopedia. I've been into geeky pastimes for as long as I can recall, including role-playing games, board games, but especially superheroes and comics. And I want to help others join me. But I've found that sometimes people can get overwhelmed or feel left out because they don't already have what some consider the requisite knowledge to be considered a fan. And that's where Welcome to Geek Town comes in. Here, you can ask your questions in a safe space where no one will mock you for not already being an expert. This week's question comes from Justin B. He wrote a few questions, so we may be hearing from him again down the road. He writes, I'm wanting to show my son the world of comic books. It's always seemed to me that Marvel would be where to start, but with all the timelines and universe clashes, where should I start? I'm not sure how relevant 70s X-Men would be, and so on. Any advice would be awesome. Thanks for writing in, Justin. Now, last episode, we talked about the DC Universe and all of its various reboots and such. With the Marvel Universe, on the other hand, that hasn't really been the case. There's only been one storyline that I would even qualify as a soft reboot, and that's the 2015 Secret Wars series. There is another miniseries with the same name in 1984 and 85, but that's completely different. The good news is, is that means that basically everything that has been published by Marvel in their main books is considered canon. The bad news is, that gives you 50 plus years of stories to choose from as a starting point. Let's see if we can narrow that down for you. Now some of these answers depend on the age and maturity of your son. Many comics these days are written for adults more than for children, so be sure to check the rating and glance through the book yourself to make sure you're comfortable with the level of violence, language, and or sexual content before handing them over. However, I'll be mostly sticking to books that I think are appropriate for all ages, or close to. Let's start with the first option. To quote Julie Andrews, let's start at the very beginning. A very good place to start. The Marvel Universe, as it's known today, got started in 1961 with the publication of Fantastic Four number one. The success of that book led to writer Stan Lee and artists Jack Kirby, Steve Ditko, Don Heck, and others creating multiple superhero books in a very short time frame. And very quickly, the books interacted and crossed over with each other, setting the tone for decades to come. Almost all of these early issues are readily available in reprints, either in trade paperbacks that cover about 10 issues or so each, or larger epic collections that cover around 25 issues each. For younger readers, a fun option are the out-of-print but still findable Essential Editions. These are about the same size as the epic collections, 
but printed in black and white on almost newspaper-like paper. These trade paperbacks could act as giant coloring books for small children. And I do mean giant. Each book has somewhere between 450 to 650 pages. Then, as they grow up, they could learn to appreciate the stories inside these books. Now, the problem with going that far back is that art and storytelling styles have changed significantly since then, and so some people may find those early stories simplistic. They're entertaining in their own way, and obviously they're classics of the genre, but it can be hard for younger readers to appreciate that style of storytelling. So, let's move forward to another option. As mentioned earlier, the Marvel Universe has been around for some time, and the stories in the main Marvel U often call back to previous stories. While that continuity is a nice touch for those of us who have been reading for a long time, some readers have been put off by that massive amount of backstory. And so, in 2000, when Marvel was first getting their movies actually out into production in theaters, like Blade, X-Men, and Spider-Man, they decided to give newer readers a different option. They called it the Ultimate Universe. They took the basic ideas of Spider-Man and the X-Men, to start with, and said, what if we had created these characters today? How would their stories be the same, and how would they be different? Ultimate Spider-Man, in particular, is a great read, with every single issue written by the same writer, Brian Michael Bendis, and for much of the run, drawn by the same artist, Mark Bagley. The two actually beat Stan Lee and Jack Kirby's run on the Fantastic Four for most consecutive issues by a writer-artist team. Quite the impressive feat, especially these days when most creators don't stay on a book for more than a year or two. While the goal of these ultimate titles was to give new readers an easy jumping-on point, as years went by, the Ultimate Universe built up its own continuity and lost the primary selling point for new readers. And so, the raison d'etre shifted to being a place that authors could tell stories that, for various reasons, couldn't be told in the regular Marvel Universe. One of those stories is The Death of Peter Parker. Yes, in the Ultimate Universe, Peter Parker dies fighting the Green Goblin. Soon afterwards, a new Spider-Man shows up, named Miles Morales. Whether or not you think your son can handle the death of a beloved hero that they've been reading about for a hundred plus issues should inform you on how far into the Ultimate Spider-Man run you would want to go before expanding into other options. Also, I recommend avoiding the Ultimates, the Ultimate Universe version of the Avengers, for younger audiences as that goes into some taboo subjects you may not want to expose your son to, including cannibalism, revenge porn, and incest. Basically, if you don't want your kid watching Game of Thrones, don't have them read any of the Ultimates. So we've had two beginnings so far, one classic, one modern. But what if you want to start somewhere more recent that's still in the mainstream Marvel Universe? Well, you're in luck there's a couple of options available to you. But both options actually start with the same storyline, called House of M. What most people would consider to be the, quote, main storylines of the Marvel Universe for the past ten years or so have all come from this book. In it, 
Scarlet Witch has become mentally unbalanced and uses her powers to create an alternate universe where everyone's wishes have come true. Obviously, a few people remember the world as it used to be and actually try to change things back. And in the end, they do, with one big difference. What that difference is changes things for years to come and leads directly or indirectly into almost every major crossover storyline that has come since. Now here's where your two options are. The, the stories that follow basically split into two paths. The X-Men and the Avengers. If you want to follow the X-Men from House of M, you can pick up trade paperbacks following the basic X-Men titles and their big crossovers, including Messiah Complex, War of Kings, Second Coming, Avengers vs. X-Men, and others. On the other hand, if you think your son is more interested in the Avengers, then you'll want to follow up House of M with collections of the various Avengers titles of the time, leading into their big crossovers, which include Civil War, Secret Invasion, Siege, Fear Itself, Avengers vs. X-Men, yes, obviously this appears in both lists, and more. These are just a few options for where you can get your son started in the Marvel Universe, if you want to help guide his introduction. However, there's one other option I'd suggest. Let him decide. A phrase you'll often hear in comic book stores is, every comic is someone's first. And for the most part, the comic book writers do their best to accommodate that fact. Now, I got into comics relatively late. Even though I was obsessed with superheroes, my parents preferred me reading novels to graphic novels, so I didn't own any comics until I was able to purchase them with my own spending money. So, for me, the early 90s Spider-Man titles were my first real foray, and then I branched out from there due to guest stars and crossovers and things of that nature. Judging from the way you brought them up, Justin, I'm guessing the late 70s X-Men were a large part of your getting into comics. On a side note, those X-Men stories from 40 years ago are still referenced today, as writer Chris Claremont's run on the title lasted for so long and is such a major part of what made the books as popular as they were and still are to this day. Back to the main subject. What I would recommend is this. Go visit your local comic book stores if you haven't already done so. Find the one that you think has the best atmosphere, employees, and such. You want a place where your son will feel comfortable wandering around. Once you choose a store, come back, bring your son, and give him a $10 or $20 bill and tell him to go nuts as long as he uses it on comics, i.e. no action figures or other items that would quickly eat that money up. Most comic book stores have a dollar bin, or if you're really lucky, a quarter bin. Show that to him, and let him get anything that catches his eye. As I mentioned way up top, you may want to glance through the books he's picking to make sure there's nothing inappropriate for him, but otherwise, let him choose. Ask him why he chose what he did, and then make a couple of suggestions based on his answers, or ask the person behind the counter for suggestions. In addition to what he gets, pick out a graphic novel that you're interested in. You two can read that together and talk about it. Then give him a couple of weeks to read everything he got. 
and find out what he liked and why. Then, go back to the comic book store. See if you can find the rest of the issues in a storyline that he got only the first part of, or maybe the end part of, the first time around. Or other issues based on what he showed the most interest in. Let his collection grow naturally, based on what he shows interest in and what your budget is. Now, going this route, you don't guarantee that he only starts in the Marvel Universe, but as popular as the Marvel movies are these days, it's unlikely that he steers away from it entirely. And who knows, maybe he'll introduce you to something new. Now, while I always recommend going to your friendly local comic book store, if you can't find one close enough to you, or you're not comfortable at any of your local stores, you can pick up some of the books I've mentioned on Amazon. In the show notes at www.welcome to, remember that's the number two, geektown.com, I'll have links to a few of the stories I've mentioned. And if you purchase them through that link, you won't be charged any extra, but I'll get a small cut to help cover the costs of creating and distributing the podcast. If you have questions you'd like me to cover in future episodes, or you'd like to, well, actually, me, please send me an email at welcome to geektown, that time it's all spelled out, at gmail.com. You can also check us out on facebook.com slash welcome to geektown or twitter at geektown podcast. In the meantime, please subscribe and give me a review, preferably five stars, over on iTunes to help other people find the show so we can all tell them, Welcome to Geek Town. Welcome to Geek Town is written, narrated, edited, and produced by me, Kurt Onstead. Theme music by Aaron Lovitz. Logo art by Archie Santana.